Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale here, The Travel Addict. With me today is Carrie Carter. This is going to be fun because Carrie uh, travels to Japan a lot. She loves the country and she loves cats also. And sumo dioramas, which I'm going to ask her what that is. I think I know what that is. And eating unusual foods. I don't, I don't know if that's Japanese food, but we're going to find out more. Carrie, hello there. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure. Pleasure. Now, Carrie travels with um, a husband um, primarily to the great country of Japan, but they have a companion with them when they go, and that's their cat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, I've never heard this before because cats can't be finicky type creatures, right? Um, so, is that true? You take your cat um, with you? No, actually, that's a bit of a uh, exaggeration. <laughs> I wrote the book about the cat. I wrote a book about the cat traveling to Japan. Yeah, and then we, my sister, photoshopped him into all the photos, but he didn't actually go with us because I think oh, he, he would, didn't. No, oh. I think he would totally freak out. <laughs> I thought it. <laughs> I, I just be, wondered about that. Yeah. It would be really interesting to take a cat with you, but I'm not sure how well that would work unless your cat's very uh, trained. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the cat didn't go with it to Japan. Okay. Well, that that squashed that idea I, because I obviously uh, I lived in Canada for a while, and when I came back to uh, Britain, I'm British originally. Came back to Britain, I had a cat, and had to go. He had to go into quarantine six months. Right. It wasn't Although pretty. they got now, it's like if you're taking your cat to Japan, it's they have paperwork done, and you get a microchipped, an American microchip and Japanese microchip, and then you do a rabies test, like so many weeks out, and then you show them your rabies stuff, and yeah. supposedly you won't have to go through quarantine, but you know who knows? <laughs> who knows? But it's better to be safe than sorry. I don't know if the UK have relaxed their rules and regulations. This was a long time ago. Yeah, so used to go and see the cat at weekends in the kennel there, and he like turned his back on us, you know. Oh, well, yeah, he's miffed at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> abandoning him in a little small cell. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, but I do love cats. I like their independence and all that. So, Japan, uh, we're going to talk about here because I've been to Japan not so many times as you. I've been there a few times. So, when was your first trip to that country? I want to say it was 2006, and it was actually just a really brief layover. It was like a four-hour layover. We're flying back from Australia, and we're flying through Tokyo. And I said to my husband, I was like, I want to get off the plane, and I want to go see some part of Japan. So we asked the airline stewardess, is this even possible, you know, are we going to get in some sort of like trouble, miss our flight or whatever? And they were like, no, no, it's fine. Just go to the first stop and go into Narita and explore, which is what we did. And that was the first time I set foot on Japan. 
And we all, I had one goal, eat two goals, really. But one goal was to eat noodles. <laughs> eat noodles, okay. Yes. Well, so there's I, noodles. There's noodles. I mean, Japanese noodles, I'm sure, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I had my noodles and the owner of the restaurant, she spoke English. And she was like this really petite elderly woman and she came out and she started talking to us and she's like oh you need to come back in the summer you need to come back here and i was thinking oh i'm never gonna come back it's too expensive it's too far away well, <laughs> and i ended up going 14 times <laughs> i was gonna say 14 times that's almost once every year i mean some okay. years we went twice <laughs> Well, yeah, but the first time you went there, how long were you there, though, the first time? Was it just a layover? The, the first time was a four-hour layover. And then the second time we went, we stayed for like three three nights because we were coming back from Palau. So we just tacked on we just tacked on a few extra days in Japan to check it out. And then after that, I was like, we need to do a full-on real trip where we stay at least a week, you know? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um. I remember going the first time I was coming back from Japan I went when the the business class lounge there and it's the first time I came across a beer vending machine. <laughs> it actually picks the glass up, tilts it, beer comes out and then puts it back down. I thought, How cool is this? I'll have to try a couple of these. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's that's another story. But you said something there that piqued my interest. You were coming back from Palau. Are you a scuba diver? I did used to do some diving. And then it just kind of fell off just because it's, you know, it's equipment intensive and it, the price adds up. And I don't think my husband liked it as much as I did. So, yeah, kinda... Palau is fantastic but diving. Palau was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was like the most amazing dive ever. So anyone I tell anyone who dives or loves diving, I'm like, you've got to put this on your bucket list and you have to go to the blue corner. Exactly. Swim <laughs> with the sharks. And there's a lot of them. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, but that's another that's a scuba dive story. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, so, if you because you've been back fourteen times, there must be something about Japan uh, that really, really you like and has sort of made you go back there several times. Right. Well, first, before I get into that, I have to make a confession. <laughs> my husband used to work for Continental Airlines, and he flew could fly for free. You know, yeah. we could fly for free, and but Houston to Tokyo is a direct flight, so it's easier to get onto that than it was to eat, get to Europe, because Europe you had to lay over and you might get bumped at your yep. layover destination. So that was a big motivating part initially. Sure. But then we just kind of liked the country and the culture, and I like it because it's way different than the U.S. But it's still like a relatively well. It is a wealthy country. You know, United sure. States is a wealthy country. This is a wealthy country. You can go to a poor country. And it's going to be different, but that's because they don't have the resources. But you go to Japan, and it's just different because it's it's just different. <laughs> yeah, well, it's obviously a, a rich culture. Most of Asia is actually. That's why I love going right. myself. Um, but yeah, J yeah, Japan. I mean, uh, uh, Tokyo especially is chaotic, but uh, it's it's great. Now, um, so you start to go there because you've been so many times. Has anything sort of in your head said, "Why don't we just move there"? You know, we talked about it, but we don't speak fluent Japanese, and we'd have to get jobs, so we'd have to be able to speak business-level Japanese, and that's just, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen in my lifetime. <laughs> well, it's that, speaking the language, but understanding the business culture as well. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a different. A little bit different. Uh, I did a, tr a trade show there many, many years ago, and 
I learned some lessons there. Um, people were great, but uh, but I just remember being at. The, do you remember? Do you know the town of Chiba? Yes. Well, the trade show was at Chiba. Okay. And I, yeah. I, I wanted to stay in Tokyo um, for uh, two or three days just to enjoy enjoy it all. So rush hour, I took some of my trade show booth stuff and my luggage on the train during rush hour. They <laughs> yeah, that's hate, a big they no. They no. hated me. I tell you, <laughs> well, I a mistake. Wouldn't do that again. <laughs> well, you know, you don't learn it usually unless you somebody tells you init- that that they have that cat. Tra- um, it's a transport service. You know, they deliver stuff and move stuff, and they got the cat logo, the carrot cat carrying the kitten, and they'll take your luggage, and you don't have to take it on with you to the train. You just pay them to take it to your next destination, and it's like super cheap too. It's like twenty bucks or something. Yeah, I'm like, it's totally worth it. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. But in in the city center of Tokyo, yes, it's chaotic, and I was able to walk around, go to the restaurants there, and all that, and it, it was quite fun. One thing that this time is very safe there as well. Yes, that's another thing I really like, particularly as a woman. I mean, yeah. I can walk down the street as a woman by myself and feel safe. Yeah. And not just feel safe, but actually be safe. So that's a big draw in itself, you know? Yes, it is. And I know um, I have a relative, actually. It's my my father's niece's son. There's probably an easy way to explain that. But he lives over in Japan. He married a Japanese lady. They live in uh, outside of Tokyo towards the mountains. Uh, he's been there most of his life, loves it, wouldn't live anywhere else. And I get that. Okay, so you've talked about maybe moving there, but, you know, it's, it's, it, it, I understand. If you go there quite often, you just, it's you're like your second home, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It does feel kind of like being – it feels natural, which is weird because I didn't grow up. Japanese or eating Japanese food or even knowing much about the culture. But when I get there, it feels like I should belong there. <laughs> I don't know how to really put it into words. <laughs> well, it makes me sound a little kooky, actually, when now I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> that's, that's all right. I, well, the, the food is decent. Uh, but are you a, a lover of sushi food? Oh, you know what? The first time I actually had sushi was in Japan. I never had it. To, well, I had California rolls, but I hadn't had any. So I was like, I'm going to try it. So we went to the Skiji Fish Market and then this 24-hour sushi place. So I had sushi for breakfast. And, you know, they make the sushi in front of you. But I had like the junior chef was making it for me. And I said to him, I, this is first time eating sushi. And he goes, oh, and he wanders off and he comes back and he brings the head chef. And they're all sitting there staring at me going, is it good? Is it good? <laughs> oh, my God. That's... <laughs> But yeah, it was good. <laughs> sushi for breakfast. I don't. Well, I don't know if I could take that. To, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I. I'm not. I can't say. Probably I haven't eaten enough of that stuff to uh, to be convinced. Um, I have to try it again. But I have to put some hot sauce on it. No, no, <laughs> um, but anyway, so explain that the, the cat. So you have a love for cats. Mm-hmm. So there's really a, not a connection between cats and Japan, is uh, except your book, which will yak on it. Right. Yeah, just the book. And there's actually a, a high level of cat culture in Japan. They really like their cats. <laughs> you know, they yeah. have cat cafes. They have temples dedicated to cats. Yeah. And, you know, they even have cat mascots at a lot of the train stations. Yeah. So, yeah, they you see them all over the place, too. And they I all have like, realize that. short stubby yeah. tails. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't re- uh, realize that at all. Okay, so 
Cat, and but you called this this cat of yours fr- frenemy. Frenemy is my cat. Yes. So what kind of, what kind of name is that? <laughs> well, at the time, I had another cat named Devo, and he decided he was older, and he decided for some reason he would not eat inside the house. He would only eat outside the house. I don't know why, so I started feeding him outside. But there was a cat colony like a block over, and one of the cats come over, and she would try to steal his food. And they'd kind of growl at each other, but they wouldn't really fight, and they'd just kind of look at each other. So I called her Frenemy. Oh, she's the Frenemy cat. And the name just kind of stuck. <laughs> just stuck out. Well, it may be all right where you are. Where I live, I'm, I'm in uh, Destin, Florida. And you wouldn't want an outdoor cat here. And I'll tell you why, because there's a local uh, gossip website around here. People keep in touch with the neighbors. And quite often, it's, it's either cat or a dog. My, my precious, whatever its name is, escaped. If you see it, bring it back to me. Well, that's okay, but we have, like, you've got to see what's flying around in the air mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. You know? There's coyotes around here. Yeah, you know, some of us black bear has been seen, but we got eagles here as well flying around. So um, you know, yeah, yeah. that's a problem. And you know, I, in fact, I've I've seen an eagle in the air carrying some quite large animal with his claws. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, if you've got to be sort of an indoor pet here more than yeah. Anything, yeah. My mom has the same issue. She lives probably about thirty minutes from me. Yeah. Um, but she's got hawks and coyotes and. and she had a bunch of cats outdoors, and now she has zero. And yeah, now her other she brought the rest of them in. She's like, they're just indoor cats, and they're just going to have to suffer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I get it. Um, now, when you go to Japan, do you just go to Tokyo, or what other cities do you go to? Uh, usually, we fly into Tokyo and start there. You know, it's been a few days, and then go to a different location. Like I've yeah. been to. A lot of different places in Japan, but obviously like Kyoto because it's kind of. I've heard about one. that. It's it's uh, what's that fabulous building they've got there? Is it, I forget the name of it, but I've seen it on many websites. Best things to see in Asia website, and the coyote gets a mention. They've got lots of beautiful shrines and temples, but I will say, like the first time we went to Kyoto, there was not very many tourists, and yeah. we could see everything and do everything. And now this is before the pandemic, but they said they had so many people that you can't see anything, you can't move, and it's all tourists. Yeah. And the market that used to be for the locals, and they would actually shop at the market, go buy, you know, their fish and their seaweeds yeah. and what they needed. They said they quit shopping at it because it's just it's just tourists now. And they were actually said they were kind of glad that the pandemic happened and cleared out the tourists and so they could go back to their market. I was like, oh. well, that's. There's got to be a solution to that. That's yeah, little... they have. Yeah. All oh, right. Well, there's a there's a lot of places to to visit over there. But why are you over in that neck of the woods? Do you just stay in Japan, or do you go somewhere else? You know, you just get flights out of Turkey, Japan Airlines, or several other airlines to other locations in Southeast Asia or Asia. We usually go to just stay in Japan, but there's been times where we're like we're planning on to say go to Thailand. You know. Yeah. And we would tack on a week at the end of that trip to spend to Japan. Or we'd go to Korea and we'd tack in, you know, four or five days to, you know, go to Japan. Or this is a pricing trick. <laughs> if you fly from Houston to Korea, it's cheaper. 
So then you go to Korea, spend 24 hours or 48 hours, and then go to Japan for your Japan trip and save some money. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wonder why that is. It's I have way no idea. It doesn't make difference. sense to me. Availability. I don't want to say airline dependent or not. I don't know. Um, but, oh, yeah. So Thailand, of course, that's one of my favorite places, if not my favorite country in Asia, but one of my favorite countries in the world because it's rich culture. People are wonderful there. And if you go to Thailand, where would you go to typically? Bangkok? Um, I would definitely spend some time in Bangkok because I do like busy, almost chaotic cities. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would be, go to one of the islands. I don't know which one, you know. Last time I went to Koh Lanta, which I have no idea what it's like now because that was 10 years ago. And yeah. I don't know, maybe it got built up. Maybe it's full of high rises. I don't, I don't know anymore. I'm not sure. The Thai people are very... Um, they are concerned about over tourism. Um, I, I, my stopover point in in Asia is Thailand. If I'm over there, I was, recently came back from there. I just stayed in Phuket for a few days, and I love, love the island because it's got you. You can be alone on the beach, or you can be in the, the crowded uh, towns like Patong Beach there, and it's lovely. But there's obviously Kofi Fi and um, Koh Lanta. There's lots of uh, islands there. It's, uh, I, I really like the place. So yeah, I you know I should not mention. I was thinking about that. If you're saying you went somewhere else in Asia, I'm thinking, I bet she's going to say Thailand. Thailand, and I've been to Korea. Yeah. And I've been to China. You know, I spent a month over in China. I went with my friend and her family. So it was a little, you know, a little bit different than just a strict vacation trip. Yeah. Yeah, Korea is. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming South Korea, right? So, yeah, South definitely. Yeah, yeah, we have to put that <laughs> correct. Yeah. So I've only spent one night in uh, Korea there. Um, can't remember where I stayed, but uh, yeah. In fact, I had a, a guest on my podcast uh, six months ago, and he did English teaching in uh, Seoul, Korea. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, as he just finished at university, he just did about two years there. And he loved it so much, he came back to the States. He said, you know what? I'm going to go back there and do it again. <laughs> how, how cool is that? You know? I definitely, there's things about Korea that's definitely really appealing. I think the worst part would be like just the work culture because they work such long hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. And the, the city is, is, is real modern. I, I read um, the World Indexes sometimes. And Korea, South Korea is the most innovative country in the world. I would believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. Based on what they've achieved. Yeah. So um, I will say they have the best like tourist infrastructure that I've ever seen. Really? They have the most amazing website. The government has, they run it and it's got so much information on it. Yeah. Like if you have a layover in Cheon and you've got enough hours, they have organized free tours and they'll take you and you can take yeah. your tour like oh i want to do the k-drama tour i want to do the temple tour i want to eat and they'll take you for free and really? they've, they've got volunteers on the street and red shirts and yeah. they'll help you out and they've got a free translation number you can call you know yeah. they really help the tourist out and i know a lot of people are intimidated there because they're like well is anything in english and you're like well not much <laughs> no, no, that's not me yeah but you don't need to worry about it you when I was going to school, uh, high school, I had to ma- learning f- French was mandatory for me growing up in England. It may be in some places English speaking, you mandatory to learn uh, Spanish. But I know in China now, the schools they have to learn English growing up in schools, which it makes sense. Suffice to say, you know, us English speaking people, we can go virtually anywhere in the world, and someone's going to understand English. Right. 
And, you know, and even if they don't, my say, thing is, I say, learn a few phrases when you go, yeah. even if it's just to say, I can't speak your language. Because yeah. if you say it in their language, you're always going to laugh and it kind of breaks the ice and helps things, you know, move along. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> learn a little bit, know, know, learn how to ask where the bathroom is and how to order food, you know, yeah, just that, that, that stuff. important stuff. Yeah. In, in, in important yeah. stuff. Okay. Got it. Now, you also mentioned you, you like to cook, right? Yes. I do a lot of cooking. You mean Japanese food? Uh, sometimes I'll cook Japanese food, yeah. You know, there, a lot of it's got a fish broth and soy sauce, some sugar, and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Now, myself and my wife, we love Indian food. And so occasionally we cook it ourselves in, in the house here. It's quite a long project, actually. But we did that last night, and then we had a chicken adrak. It's great, you know, just like the restaurants would cook it. Uh, so that that's our favorite. But I would have to uh, um, realize that I just need to uh, try a bit more of the Japanese food. And yes, I will try sushi a little bit more. But there's a round the plate around the corner from where we live. There's a restaurant called Osaka, and they do that hibachi stuff. And the mm -hmm. chefs there are, all, are the ones which throw the knives up in the air and all that. And that that's a fun place. These guys are great. And the food there is is good as well, you know. Yeah. yeah. I've actually never had hibachi in, in Japan. I've had it here in the United States, but not in Japan. Probably is it an American thing or is it I don't no, know? No, it is. They don't do the show and stuff, but it tends to be very expensive in Japan. That's where you're gonna get your high end meat and your high end seafood. Yeah. And you're gonna spend two two hundred dollars on your meal or so. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned something in your in your profile, Kerry. About a person called Jack Pepin. Pepin. Uh, I, I, who I, who is that? I don't know. If, I, my French is not that good, so I'm not Pepin. Is that right? His French oh, name. I, I don't Jacques know. Pepin. Oh, he is. He's real famous uh, for as a chef. You know, he also he used to do PBS shows, and he sometimes does shows with Julia Child. Oh, and yeah. So he's a real famous chef, and he you know he was he's been cooked for presidents and he worked for Howard Johnson oh. and he seems like a real down to earth guy. And I like him because sometimes he goes at the end of the day, you're just making mashed potatoes. <laughs> Probably. Oh, so he's, he's a bit blunt, like what Gordon Ramsay. I don't know. No, yeah, he's, he's not that blunt, you know, but he's very friendly and he's talks to people and I just like his mannerisms and his recipes and, Sometimes I'll make some of the stuff he makes because I'm like, ooh, that looks good. And always turns out way better than anything I do on my own, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right. Well, there, there you go, if you can do that. And now you've got this book, and it's called Whiskers Abroad. But it's, let me correct me if I hear it if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's nothing about the cat living abroad. It's just what you called the book. Yeah. Just tell me about this book, okay? Okay. So it is basically – it has a mix of stuff. It's like magical realism and it's got a travel log and it's also part, you know, travel guide. So all the places in that you can go to and it gives you a little bit of advice on how to do it, what to see, you know, how to buy your ticket. But it's about an owner, a cat and his owner and they go to Japan and it's their versions of the events. You get both perspectives of what they do and what they go through. So, you now, know, it's just. All right. The, it begs the question. Does, can the cat speak English or understand what on earth is going on? And has he yes. got a voice in the matter? He can't talk, but he can type. <laughs> and he writes stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. And he, he'll like get on the uh, 
laptop to give messages to his owner and she doesn't seem to realize it because she's like oh the cat's walking across the keyboard and oh look there's opened up this hey that's a good idea let's go do that you know has a cat got an iphone the cat does not have an iphone but apparently he has a laptop he writes on (laughs) (laughs) oh dear now carrie your website is called carrie carter writes so you've written this book it sounds like fun actually and what else do you do? Do you, do you are you in the process of writing a second book, or you know how? What do you do now for what for a living? Is this this? Are you just a full time writer? No, I wish I was. <laughs> but I do have a day job, and um, I do write at my day job. But I write about commodities, oh, gasoline, yeah. car bob, and okay. jet fuel. <laughs> Not real. Oh well, exciting well, stuff. Everyone out there, I mean, you've got. <laughs> You've got to, on your website, uh, Carrie Carter writes, and it's, you know, advertisements about your books. They can contact you and ask you questions. You've got media events and all that. But this has got to be a book with a, a little bit of a difference, obviously, because cats are involved with it. A cat that can type as well. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and do you take this on the road to any events or something like that? And you take your book uh, to an event or anything? We just actually we just did one this past weekend in Austin, Texas, and it was called Pop Cats, and it was all cat themed market. So all the vendors had to have something to do with cats, yeah. whether it's cat food or cat T shirt or you know giving yeah. away do, adopting out cats something. So we did that this past weekend. Okay, did you take your cat with you? I did not, <laughs> but there were a lot of people there who did bring their cats, and they're just like cats are all just chill and calm. I'm like. Do they sedate them? <laughs> I think one one thing cats have, and some animals do, and human beings don't. They have intuition. Mm-hmm. So it's quite possible your cat knows what that you're talking about him or her, and you <laughs> <laughs> you say things about it. <laughs> and like, I don't have a, I don't have a saying what she says. Just <laughs> just food for thought here. So. Anyway, Carrie, you are on Facebook, Instagram, uh, amongst others. But uh, um, your book's there. It's uh, It's got to be fun reading. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different. And like when I was trying to find a publisher, I got a lot of people said, oh, we loved it, but we don't know how to market it because it doesn't neatly fit into any genre. And they're like, we're not sure. I'm like, oh, That's the okay. challenge. Eh? I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Marketing's marketing important. Marketing is huge. <laughs> Huge, absolutely. In fact, I, I've written books, but I've never ever done any marketing. I, I they're, they're travel logs basically, but I do more of a selfish things, so I can remember stuff when I'm older, lying in my deathbed, trying to remember what I got up to for the fifty years before <laughs> or whatever, you know. And that's why I do it. But anyway, good good website. Can anything you want to say before we uh, close it off here? No, I'm just it was nice talking to you, and I'm like, like most people who travel can talk on and on about their travels. Oh, God, know? yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to do. I'm sh- sure there's times that I'm talking to my friends they are like, uh, okay, fine. Tell us about how you went somewhere and I'm stuck here at my day job. <laughs> I I understand that, though. All right. <laughs> hey, so when, when you when you off to Japan next, by the way? I don't know with the pandemic and everything. I know they opened up their borders again. Yeah. But I'm not sure when. But I I definitely need to go because I'm working on a second book. I'm outlining it. And I need to go and confirm that all the places still exist. 
cool. especially with the pandemic. You know, I know some places I wanted to put the robot show in the next book and it closed during the pandemic. It did not survive. <laughs> okay. Um, is there going to be a cat in the second book? Yes, there'll be a cat. There'll be Yashi again. The same cat. The same cat. Yes. Well-traveled well cat. I know. Lucky, huh? I Lucky cat. Yeah. He probably thinks about it as well. <laughs> okay, Carrie, thanks for being here. Safe travels next time you go over to Asia. few people probably envious of you that you could actually go to a great country like Japan. It's a fun place. It, re it really is. So enjoy your travels in the future. And uh, I will take a, a bit of a read of your book as well. You know? All right. I hope and, you enjoy uh, it. Sound like fun. It sounds like fun. It's got to be fun. All right. Take care of yourself. All right. All right. Thanks. See ya. Bye bye. bye. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, MalcolmJTeasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe. Thank you.